Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 411 Ground and Pound MMA podcast. This is your weekly look into the wide, wacky, wonderful world of mixed martial arts. I'm Robert Winfrey. I'm your host. Uh, for the record, let me start off with a couple of things. One, I believe I am coming down with something, so if my voice quality wavers throughout the show, I'm going to apologize right now, but I went to uh, see the new Star Wars movie, because I have to review it on Monday. And much as I would like to make a joke about Star Wars fans getting me sick, I'm going to go ahead and say the movie was so bad it made me sick. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, just fair warning. Also, uh, Jeff Harris unable to make the show this week. It's just a busy time of year. And fortunately, the couldn't get together a time to record. So Jeff should be back in 2020 when this show returns and it's, more usual format because this is the last um, this is the last show of this iteration for the year of 2019. There might be some uh, something coming in your way over the next couple of weeks when we you know when we're not doing this. I will I might look into doing you know something just to kind of keep the show rolling a little bit, but I also might take a few weeks off. So I don't know just. You guys are all subscribed at this point, or if you're not, you should be. So that'll keep you up to date on things that come in. Wherever you happen to go to find us, uh, you know all the different places. Uh, Stitcher, Podbean, uh, Transistor, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, our YouTube page, wherever. Uh, Wherever you happen to find us. If you're subscribed, you'll be up to date as on whether or not anything comes out over the next couple of weeks, or if I decide to just take a break from it for a bit. Uh, This should be a relatively concise show, but first up we'll be talking about last night, UFC on ESPN Plus 23. Well, yesterday morning, technically. I will go over the results from that. And not a tremendous amount of news. A few fights got made. The UFC 248 kind of got filled out. Uh... Only, like, major news point, I think, was Cejudo being stripped of the flyweight belt. So, talk a little about that. Uh, yeah, that's going to be the basic docket. And let's go ahead and jump into that with UFC on ESPN Plus 23. Alright, I'm not going to beat myself up. I said I wouldn't if I was wrong. I'm not going to do it. not going to kick myself in the head over this one. But in your main event, the Korean zombie Chan Sung Jung defeats Frankie Edgar via TKO 3 minutes and 18 seconds into the first round. This was a beating. Uh, Jung landed a couple of good punches early as Frankie was kind of trying to set up something. Frankie tried his knee tap, didn't work. Uh, just on another exchange, zombie caught him with a left hook. Like in the middle of a three-punch combination, zombie uh, was really throwing well. I shouldn't call him zombie, but uh, he prefers it, and I'm sick, so forgive some of my usual breaks in protocol. Uh, Wobbled him, punched him down to the mat, got his back, uh, was kind of pounding on him for a while. And credit to the ref and credit to Edgar. Any time that it looked like, okay, we're a few seconds away from stopping this, Frankie would manage to either break the position alter the, just do enough to let you know, not only am I still here, but I'm still capable of doing things that are necessary to defend myself. 
Uh, he eventually escapes the back mount and then just gets punched back down to the ground again. And <laughs> uh, no, it was done. Uh, si ma significant, significant win for Jung. Uh, after the fight, he said he wants to fight Volkanovski. I know Volkanovski announced this week he's... Uh, he broke one of his hands in the fight with Max Holloway, so he's going to have to get that repaired. But if you don't want to do the... I know it's a little. it might be a little bit rough because Yair Rodriguez uh, beat Zombie so recently, but... Uh, I don't know. Uh, Rodriguez just—it's a weird thing because it's kind of—it's one of those uh, you know, more like ephemeral things. It's a feeling. He doesn't quite feel ready for that level, whereas Jung, despite that loss, does. I mean, Rodriguez faded badly in the Jeremy Stevens fight when it actually got around to happening, and. It, it, again, it just kind of feels like there's a few questions about his game that need to be answered. Uh, by contrast, Jung he knocked out Dennis Bermudez, went to war with Rodriguez, nearly won that fight, knocks out Hinato Moicano in the first round, and now knocks out Frankie Edgar in the first round. I, if you, I think if you're not going to do an immediate rematch with Max Holloway, and I'm not opposed to it, but I am also generally sick of it. I've got rematch fatigue, guys. And I don't know how fair it is, but especially considering Max's win streak in the division, his title reign was really good. Had that huge winning streak. And there's certainly a case for him getting an immediate rematch based on the just kind of generalized precedent around a, lot, a good enough body of work in the division earning you one. And it's not like his fight with Volkanovski was a blowout. It wasn't as competitive as a lot of us kind of thought it would be. Volkanovski clearly wins the first three rounds. And you know, watching it live, I gave him the fourth, but the fourth is the round that probably should have gone to Max Holloway. Uh, but the fifth round, uh, Volkanovski readjusts again. I still think he gets the fifth. So while we're not talking about a blowout, we're also not talking about a deeply competitive back and forth fight. So if they don't, if you don't, if you want to give Max another fight in the interim, and you uh, want, you know, if you want looking for another title contender besides Max, I'm, I'd be okay with the Korean Zombie. He's a He's not only a tough opponent, he's been sharpening his skills, he's... I mean, it's really difficult to kind of say anything other than he just finished Frankie Edgar in the first round. And Frankie's only been finished twice in his entire career. <laughs> and and this one was... I hate to say it was less competitive than the Ortega one, because they were both first round. But, and Ortega's knockout was cleaner. But this was a lopsided beating. I believe statistically, Frankie landed less than 10 significant strikes. And Jung landed something like 40 or 50 more than he did. This was a 
this was a shockingly one-sided fight. And if they want to give Jung a t- the next title shot, dep- and again, Volkanovski's going to be out for a bit with that surgery, so if you wanted to do Jung against Holloway as a number one contender's fight, or you know, some or Jung against Zabit, that's a number one contender's fight. Uh, I, I think Zabit's got a fight coming up, but you know, there's uh, there's ways you can go, and it's hard to really overstate how significant this was for Jung. I this is one of this is why I was so hesitant picking Edgar. I ah again I said I wasn't going to beat myself up. I'm going to do it. I'm not going to really do it, but I probably should have known better. I mean, there's two reasons. One is the short notice. The other is, you know, uh, Frankie is 48, 48, 38 years old. He just doesn't have the same level of resilience that he did 10 years ago. I mean, who does going from, you know, 28 to 38? And Jung has significantly sharpened up a lot of his boxing. He's brought power. He's got a good counter game. And Frankie's defense has never been his strong suit. (laughs) So, it was a it, this wit this outcome was foreseeable, and I'd like to give I give myself partial credit for saying, hey, by the way, this is a real possibility. Uh, but I probably should have, you know, if I'm vacillating that hard, I should know better. That's that much at least should be relatively obvious to me by this point. Uh, for as long as it lasted, good fight. Another solid performance from Jung. He got a post-fight bonus. I believe he's done so in... Uh, like, all of his UFC fights. He fe- has featured some kind of performance. All of his wins, at least. I don't think... I can double-check 163. No, he wasn't. there was nothing for 163. That was his title fight with Aldo. But his debut was the twister over Garcia, submission of the night. He knocked out Mark Hominick in seven seconds, knockout of the night. In a, when he fought Poirier, he got submission of the night and fight of the night. Nothing for Aldo. Knocks out Bermudez, uh, returning from a four-year layoff. Performance of the night. Fight with Yair, fight of the night. TKO's Moicano, performance. TKO's Edgar, performance. The dude has eight bonuses in eight fights. Now... One of those doubled up, and one of them got nothing. But that's that's still something. Uh, Zombie's career trajectory has been a really is a really interesting case study in adjustment at key moments, and what it cost him at some in some of those key moments too. The lack of adjustment. So I he's firmly in the title picture if he's not the next contender at a bare minimum. I mean, nobody really saw this event. This was... <laughs> this thing did very, very low traffic, from what I can tell. I haven't seen all the... I, I don't have access to a lot of the numbers, but... Uh, it was a fight night that started at... Uh, the first prelim started at 2 a.m. Eastern Time. The, this was just never going to do tremendous numbers. I mean, maybe a replay will be fine. It will do better, but... Uh, and... The main card was on ESPN Plus, so there's always that. 
All right, your co-main event, Vulcan Uzdemir defeats Alexander Rakic via split decision. They were 29-28. I had it I had it officially 30-27 Rakic. I'm not sure that that's correct. Uh, the second round, I think, probably should have gone to Uzdemir. Look, my only excuse at the time was I'd been up for over 20 hours, and some stuff's going to get by me at that point. This was not a bad fight, though. Both men landed. Both men... Uh, busted each other up. Uzdemir was landing some calf kicks that were uh, really nasty. Uh, the swelling on Uzdemir's leg. Um, it looked like his knee had a knee. It was it was that swollen. Uh, he busted up Uzdemir's face a little bit. Uh, decent, again, decent enough back and forth fight. 29-28 for either man is a perfectly acceptable scorecard, in all honesty. Uh, really sucks for Rakic, who not only has a case for winning the fight, but this derails his, he had like a 12-fight winning streak. He knocked out Jimmy Manoa earlier this year. And this isn't a backbreaker, but that's a pretty significant derail, uh, delay in where his, in his career trajectory. Uzdemir wants a rematch with Dominic Reyes because he believes he won their fight. You can certainly argue that, though it's hardly a clear-cut thing. Also said he'd like to rematch Anthony Smith, whose hand is still busted following his fight with uh, Gustafson. Should be due to come back in the nearest future, though. Both those guys beat him. He wants to get the losses back. Fair enough. Uh, not a not a great, not a bad fight, but nothing you know great. Um, at featherweight, Charles Jourdain defeated Duho Choi, the Korean Superboy, who was returning from a long layoff. Via TKO, 432 of the second round. Uh, this was this was your fight of the night, which I don't disagree with. Uh, they both got after it. Good first round for Choi, but he seemed to slow a bit in the second, and Jordan started getting his timing. Uh, he just cracked him with a really nice counter right as Choi overcommitted to an uppercut. And there was a similar finish in a fight we'll talk about in a bit between Pantoja and Schnell. Uh, leading with the uppercut's a risky proposition, especially if you don't get your head off the center line. Choi didn't in this instant, got hit, and, uh, I mean, he'd been getting hit, but he got, you know, rocked and dropped, and Jordan was able to close the show out. Uh, engaging fight. Jordan's post-fight speech... Um, I try not to get on this high horse very often, but I do feel compelled to point it out here. He mentioned, you know, I'd really like that one of those $50,000 post-fight bonuses so I can move out of my parents' basement. This is a $7 billion company. And a guy on a, in a high position on the main card of an event they put on is... It's vaguely pathetic on multiple fronts. Uh, not that he's pathetic for asking for it. I mean, it, the number of fighters that... It's just rote at this point. It's part of the... I almost wonder if there's not a generic promo that you know fighters are kind of given. Like, okay, if you don't really know what you want to say, here's a few talking points you can hit. Put over the opponent, put over your coaches, pimp your after party, ask for a bonus... Uh, again, $7 billion company. 
getting, you know, half a mi getting. Actually, it would be more than that. I forget this. I forget how much ESPN is paying them. They're getting like a billion dollars a year from ESPN, something like that. Yeah. That something's gonna something is going to change with regard to that in the nearish future. Because I have a really hard time imagining that eight years from now, the model still exists as it currently does. But again, that's entirely on the fighters. Um, at light heavyweight, Da Eun Jung defeated, <coughs> pardon me, Mike Rodriguez via knockout punches in the first round. Jung did a really nice job of just uh, getting off of the center line, taking outside foot position. He was uh, he was righty. Rodriguez was southpaw. Uh, Rodriguez kind of paused with his lead hand. Jung's response is a straight right, right down the middle, cracks him on the jaw. Boom. Done. Uh, good win for Jung. At middleweight, Jun Young Park defeated Marc-Andre Barrio via unanimous decision, 30-27 and 229-28. This fight sucked. I, I, I have to point this out, because this is going to bleed into uh, one of the news items, but Marc-Andre Barrio on the main card, has not won in the UFC. 0-3 now. Against a guy who was in his second UFC fight. Now, Park being there, I can kind of understand. But you decided that this, that this fight was worthy of being on the main card while you buried... Alexandre Pantoja and Matt Schnell on the prelims. It is a... The UFC's refusal... There's just blatant obstinance about getting behind the flyweight division as an actual division is baffling to me. And this is... Again, this is just indicative of it. Uh... Again, the fight wasn't good. And kicking off the main card, Kyung Ho Kong defeated Liu Ping Yuan via split decision. Uh, 30-27. Not sure I agree with. Uh, I don't think you... I'm not entirely sure you can give uh, Kong the last round. He got outworked off, despite Ping Yuan being on his back for most of it. 29-28 for Kong. 29-28 for Ping Yuan. Eh, I'm not sure about 29-28 for Liu. Um, I just, uh, I understand the sentiment behind that scorecard, but I'm not sure it's accurate. Even just round by round, I'm not sure it's accurate. Uh, not a great fight. Kong has good takedowns and was able to get Liu down a lot. But he didn't have a great passing game, or when he did pass, Liu's guard recovery was, I, I, it's not clear to me. How much of this was Kong's lack of ability to stifle him? How much of this was Liu being good? Because it's both, but you know, which one played more of a role? But Liu really struggled to get up, and when he did get up, to really get free. And much as Kong did wasn't tremendous with his work from top position, he was good enough to win the rounds. Uh, kind of all there is to that. On ESPN, Cyril Gaon defeated Tanner Bozier via unanimous decision, 30-26 across the board. I had a 30-27, but a 10-8 in the third is perfectly acceptable. 
Uh, this was a heavyweight fight that went the distance that didn't suck, which is a huge rarity. Uh, both guys are relatively interesting, but Gon's, Gon's footwork and his lightness on his feet, is, especially for a man of his size, is really impressive. And he's good about finding openings. Uh, I, w I was not bored by this fight, which for a heavyweight fight that went longer than three minutes, that doesn't happen all the time. Um, at featherweight, Seung Woo Choi defeated Suman Maktari in the unanimous decision, 30-26, 30-26, and, excuse me, 29-26, 29-26, and 29-25. Um, I don't think I even gave Maktari in a round. I'd have to double-check. Uh, Maktarian is, I think, going to wind up being another example of fighters who rely on, I won't say bad, but, like, low-percentage submission attacks being fancy and, you know, making highlight reels, but they don't work against people who really know what they're doing. And that's just kind of a tough pill for a lot of guys to swallow, but, you know, the commentary team was talking about how he was annoyed you know, in a good-natured way that, uh, what's his face? Uh, Bryce Mitchell hit a twister, because he wanted to do that. You've only seen two twisters in the UFC, not because a twist, not because a twister doesn't work, they do, but because they're really hard to get against people who know what they're doing. Same with Ezekiel Chokes. Or Von Flu chokes. They're not impossible, but they're a little bit reliant on your opponent not being all that good in certain positions. You see more rear naked chokes because you're you don't need a giant skills deficit to pull one off. You need some. You need you need some, but they're easier to they're not easier to finish, but they're more consistent to set up. And you risk a lot less of the position going for them. Now, you try to set up a twister incorrectly, you're going to wind up going from having someone's back with one hook in to being on the bottom of half guard, or losing the entire position if they just want to disengage. You know, Pulling guard for an Ezekiel choke is... Uh, somewhat interesting, I guess, but if you don't get it, and most people don't, you're going to be the one on bottom, getting smashed. They ju it just doesn't happen all that often for a reason. And Choi just battered Mokhtarian uh, this entire fight. Um, at lightweight, Omar Morales defeated Da Ung Ma via unanimous decision. 30-27, uh, 30-26, and 29-28. Ma just never got going in this fight. Um, Morales didn't look bad, but he, but uh, I'd say he just didn't look special because that's such a both a nebulous and uh, like ridiculously high bar to set for a guy who's making his debut with. I think it, he has less than ten fights. I think I think it was like eight and zero coming into this. So there's. Very clearly supposed to be room for growth when you're that green. But he got a win, and you know, good for him.
Alexandre Pantoja defeated Matt Schnell via knockout punches, 417 of the first. This was a fight. Uh, this probably... This could have easily been your fight of the night. Uh, I think coming to, between this and Jordan... It's a, it wouldn't shock me if the people who decide who gets fight of the night just weren't in attendance watching Pantoja and Schnell. Because that's kind of the history of how they treat flyweights. Um, yeah, this was a wild fight for as long as it lasted. Um, Schnell had a lot of success. He wobbled Pantoja a couple of times. But he walked in, overcommitted to a... Uh, a was a right uppercut. Just overcommitted on an uppercut. Didn't get his head off the center line either. It was straight up in the air, and Pantoja cracks him with a right. He he drops face first to the ground. Dunzo. Good win for Pantoja, who is probably in the title picture, such as the title picture exists right now. Uh, Bantamweight Harney, Barcelos, and Saeed Nurmagomedov had a good fight. Uh, Barcelos wins uh, the unanimous decision. 229-28-130-27. I think I had a 29-28 Barcelos. A good little fight. Uh, Nurmagomedov had some success, but he... He was just spinning too much. When you spin too much, eventually your opponent's going to catch on to your gimmicks and your setups. And they're going to make you pay for it. And Barcelos did in the third round. They were, from, on my scorecard, they were one apiece going into the third. Numagomedov was having success. Spins a few too many times. Barcelos gets his back, rides him down, and spends the last, like, two minutes, I think. Might have been less than that, but somewhere in that vicinity. Uh, just controlling him and hitting him. Cost himself the fight. Uh, Amanda Lemos defeated Miranda Granger via technical submission, rear naked, rear naked choke, sort of rear naked choke, uh, 343 of the first round. This wasn't really a traditional rear naked choke. Uh, Lemos puts the choking arm in not from uh, the back, but with only... It wasn't even really like one hook. You know, if you watch uh, Khabib versus Poirier, Khabib gets the choke started from when he only has one hook in. This was more from, you know, uh, the referee's position, uh, the ride, in, in like a collegiate wrestling. So she gets the choking arm in, and then Granger uh, does the correct thing to try and break the grip, roll to her back, but I think the position of the fence kind of uh, halted some of her motion. And Lemos winds up finishing it more from, like, leg drag uh, than from the back. Just between the posi the position of her arms and her squeeze and her ability to leverage her body weight, I guess. Because uh, she absolutely put Heather Granger to sleep. Uh, there's not a lot of uh, discussion about that. <laughs> she was out. And then kicking everything off... Alatong Hele defeated Ryan Benoit via split decision. They were 29-28s both ways. I think I scored this for Benoit live, but I don't think it's wrong to give it to Hele. Um, Benoit had a really good first round. Hele had a good second. And then the third was 
Hard to call. Uh, 29-28 either way is perfectly acceptable. And the way these two fought, that's just kind of the reality of it. Uh, yeah, that was the whole event. 13 fights. Uh, this, this event had some rough patches. Uh, some really rough patches. It occurs to me that if the UFC is going to be cutting down the number of events they hold, and that's, it's not clear to me that they are, but for right now, the first quarter of 2020, and they might still announce some things, so don't take this as written in stone, but the first quarter of 2020 does seem like they cut back a little bit. That said, that does not change the number of fighters on the roster that they have to get fights to. So we might see, if we see fewer events in total, we might see more, what we might see, wind up seeing is cards that are more 13 to 15 fights per card, and just go, you know, longer singular events instead of more, uh, instead of you know, more events. So, it, I don't know. It's, I'm not sure that's what's happening, but it is a consideration to be noted going forward. Uh, thank you to everyone who read my coverage live, if you did, at those ungodly hours. I mean, this thing went from midnight to about 6, a little after 6 a.m., my time. And, uh, I, I mean, look, I knew what I was getting into. I'm not complaining about it. It just can be rough on occasion, so I'm just noting, I'm not complaining. Um, and to anyone who did read live or after the fact, thank you very much. I always appreciate your support of my work, be that written or this show here. It, it is deeply humbling to know that there's people out there who follow what I do. I know you can go a lot of places for this kind of stuff, and you, of your own volition, because I'm not putting a gun to anybody's head, if anybody's putting a gun to your head, you should call the police, assuming you're not in a circumstance where it is the government putting the gun to your head, because this is a this is a worldwide podcast, so if you live in if you're listening to this and you live in an oppressed portion of the world, you have my deepest sympathies, and I sincerely hope your position improves. But uh, sorry. so that aside, thank you very much. I always appreciate you guys, even if it's a smaller number of you. This is the last. This was the last UFC event of 2019. There will be a Bellator event with Ryzen. That I don't like talking about Bellator because Bellator makes me sad. This card is kind of why. Um, in 2019, I don't need Fedor and Rampage. I just don't. Um. <laughs> It's not a bad card, if you consider it in totality. I mean, pull up the let me pull up the card here real fast. Um, okay, you know what? I take that back. This is not a great card. Um, main event is Fedor Emelianenko and Quentin Rampage Jackson. Boy, Rampage is fat. He is fat. Still probably gonna win. Um, I, 20 years ago, 20 years ago, 
10 years ago. 15 years ago as well, somewhere in that vicinity. That's a that's a rockin' fight. In 2019, not so much. Co-main event is Michael Chandler. Uh, this was supposed to be a rematch between Chandler and Benson Henderson. Uh, Henderson had to pull out. He's now fighting somebody named Sidney Outlaw. I doubt that's his real name. Um, Kata Nakamura and Lorenz Larkin. That might be okay. Uh, women's flyweight fight between Kana Watanabe and Alara Joanne. Don't know anything about either woman. Darren Crookshank and Goiti, Goiti Yamauchi. Eh, that might be alright. And Michael Page fighting someone who he should not be fighting. He's fighting Shinzo Anzai, who had a, about half a cup of coffee in the UFC. He had four fights. Uh, went two and two. Uh, just never, you know, never really found his footing. Uh, they're wasting time with Page. Well, you know what? I'm not going to say they're wasting time with Michael Page anymore. He know Everybody knows what's up. If this is what he wants, this is what Bellator wants, fair play. I am just done considering him an elite you're tight. I'm done considering him among the best in the world when he is consistently fighting not the best in the world. Uh, this is where that is. Um, Bellator did have an event yesterday in the evening. Um, doesn't look like too much of note. Uh, Elimile McFarlane defeated Kate Jackson via unanimous decision. AJ McKee continues to be impressive. Uh, that seems like it's about it. So the top two fights. Yeah, Bellator makes me sad. <laughs> they just do. So I probably won't be covering that, but uh, if you are watching, by all means, give me a give me a report. I might find highlights, or I'll, I'll probably see the results, but I'm not going to watch the show. I I can't. The commentary booth in Bellator is just so bad. It actively disincentivizes me watching their product. Alright. Uh, let's move on then. Alright, the only kind of like major news that came out this week that I could remember, and I do double check these things. Uh, Henry Cejudo, stripped of the UFC flyweight title, he's saying relinquished, whatever, I don't care. Um, now Joseph Benavidez will fight Dave and Figueredo. I think they announced the event. That was going to take place at. Anyway, uh, Benavides and Figueredo will fight for the vacant belt at Fight Night 169. Yeah, so UFC on ESPN plus 27. That will be February 29th. Um, that's the right fight to make for the vacant belt if you're going to vacate the belt. I know that uh, Henry Cejudo and some of the other people are saying that he did, in fact, save Flyweight. I'm not sure he actually saved it. I... He certainly prolonged it, but that is not the same thing. There's a couple of just, like, systemic issues with Flyweight that the UFC has to deal with. Someone put together 
it might have been Jack Slack or somebody else who just kind of mentioned that uh, this related to Demetrius Johnson. If you look at the people he fought to def- he was defending his title against, the number of them whose fight immediately prior to fighting for the belt was not even on the main card of the event they were fighting on, much less the main card of a pay-per-view, was almost all of them. I mean, Tim Elliott gets a little bit of a pass because they did the whole tough thing, which, despite being stupid, the Ultimate Fighter was well played at that point, and thankfully has not been like picked up anywhere as of this recording, knock on wood. Um, the number of them, they just went, oh, hey, your fight is the third fight on the prelims for this UFC fight night event. And, oh, you won, that's your third fight in a row. Sure, now you can be in a main or co-main event in a prominent position against Demetrius Johnson when no one knows who you are. And then as soon as you lose, you go back to that same position on the card. There's no interest in actually building flyweights as a division or investing in it in terms of... I mean, Kyoji Horiguchi, all right? Just by way of example. Uh, because... Because Horiguchi's entire UFC tenure... He was in the UFC for a while. He debuts at UFC 166, where he fights in the first fight of the evening. Now, it's his debut, it's up at bantamweight, but first fight of the entire card. His next perfor- his next performance, prelims on Fox Sports 2 for that event. Not even the quote-unquote main event of the prelims. Just kind of middle of the pack of the prelims. Next event he competes at. He does kick off the main card for Hunt versus Nelson, which was an event entirely streamed on Fight Pass. Whole thing. Fight Pass. Uh, at UFC 182, he was on the main card. So, one card, on the ma- one fight on the main card of a pay-per-view. That gets him his title shot against Demetrius Johnson. He loses. His fir- uh, 180, UFC 186, his first fight after that, still on the main card, beats Chico Camus for uh, Fight Night Barnett versus Nelson. Boy, that was not a good event. It was not a good event. I remember that one. Yeesh. Then he's back on the Fight Pass prelims for the next Fight Night event that he's participating in. Uh, couldn't even get on Fox Sports 1, despite winning back-to-back fights. And his last fight in the UFC, when he beats Ali Bagutinov, was on the Fight Pass portion of the prelims for Fight Night 99. Now, please, please, just tell me that they're investing in flyweight. With, I mean... I am not sure about the last time there was a men's flyweight fight on the main card. Anyway, I'm going to scroll back through some events here, and I'm just going to see what it was. Because, nope, 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 nope. Uh, Women's flyweight, nope. Nope. UFC 243? Eh, nope, nothing. 
Hermanson versus Cannoneer? Nope. Rodriguez versus Stevens? Nope. Okay, going backwards from where we are now, you have to go back to August 31st for Andrade versus, versus Zhang when Kai Kara-France and Mark De La Rosa were on the main card. Um, I almost want to say it, it's there, but we're talking about an event that streamed to be prime time in China. So, not a lot of risk there. Not a lot of visit. Not a lot of visibility for anybody coming out of that card. Which is a crying shame for a few different people. I mean, Li Jingliang stopping Capoeira, Elijah Zaleski dos Santos was a big deal. And, yeah, just, nope, nope, nope. So, one, so far going backwards, in August. Okay, once we go back from there, there is one in on June 29th, UFC on ESPN. The Ngano versus Dos Santos card. Joseph Benavides and Juicy A. Formiga were the co-main event. So Joseph Benavides, known property somewhat, uh, one of the one of the names of the divisions, to the extent that the UFC believes Team Alpha Male is a name. Ugh, my. So we've got two main card appearances for male flyweight talent in 2019 calendar year, going backwards from now to June. You know what? I'm going to keep going with this. I'm going to find out just how many times they were on the main card of an event in the entire year. Because off the top of my head, with those two, there was the Cejudo Dillashaw fight. So we, at a minimum, we have three. But uh, hang on, just a sec. I'm I'm not going to make you listen to this live, but I'm going to figure this out. All right, we're up to three officially because Juicier Formiga and Davidson Figueroa were on the main card of the Pettis versus Thompson card. So three, that took place in March, and I'm not, just appearances on the main card. That's my only criteria for this. So, three, officially. And then, yeah, the title fight between Cejudo and Dillashaw, uh, the first event of the year. Four. Okay, hang on. Uh, Benavidez had a fight on that card against Dustin Ortiz. Okay, five. That's it. Think about that for just a second. Five fly, Five male flyweight fights on the main card of an event. In the entirety of 2019. Five. But yeah, Henry Cejudo saved the division. Again, he prolonged it. I'm not gonna dis- I'm not gonna dispute that. He most certainly prolonged it. But I don't think the UFC is invested is interested in investing in this division. Their behavior certainly would indicate such. It's to their. I mean, they're still plugging along, but they're not taking the necessary steps to really establish the division at this point. They're not putting the fighters in a position to build themselves to really succeed. And Henry Cejudo saving the division is not going to. I mean, he's he. Again, he prolonged it, and, you know, in my I kind of want to watch the world burn mentality, watch Benavidez and Figueredo go to a draw and see what happens. <laughs> if that happens, just uh, just kind of imagine what the what the backlash would be. So, I, and I'm, not, I'm not happy being pessimistic about this. 
I like the division. I really like flyweight. But the UFC's not... The UFC's not willing to force the issue. And much to my personal chagrin, it doesn't look like the larger marketplace is interested in forcing their hand. And that sucks. But if there's only a, my, a small minority of those of us that like their fights, that you care about the division, and the larger fan base doesn't, I'm... The UFC could potentially force the issue. They really could. But they're not incentivized to do so. And the marketplace isn't going... It doesn't seem to be responding. So, it sucks. That's all I can say. That's uh, uh, that's really all I can say about it. Uh, Alright, last thing here, and then I think we're going to close up shop. UFC 248 got some filler fights. Uh, former middleweight champion Robert Whitaker and Jared Cannonier is set for that fight, probably in the co-main event slot. Uh, the main event for that card will be a strawweight title fight between former champion Ioannidian Jacek and current champion Jessica Andrade. Excuse me, Wei Li Zhang. Boy, do I feel like an idiot. Wei Li Zhang going for a first title defense against Ioannidian Jacek. Um... It's the fight to make, I guess. You know, Jacek is very clearly the number one contender. Uh, such as the... To the extent that Rose Namajunas is out of the picture right now. And that's not a knock on Rose, but at the moment, she's kind of out of the equation. And the division continues to move. If Rose comes back and, you know, potentially wants to be in the title picture, that's not unreasonable. Uh, I think that's about it. Uh, hang on, let me refresh Twitter one more time. Uh, it doesn't look like anything crazy is broken over the last hour or so I've been recording. Uh, you know what, let's go ahead and call it there, I guess. Alright, thank you all very much for listening. Always appreciated. Ah, sorry. The again, you can find my full report for UFC on ESPN Plus 23. Be on the lookout in the next couple of weeks for my 2019 Year End Awards column. I will be doing uh, the Ian McCall Memorial Worst Luck in MMA Award, Breakout Fighter of the Year, Fighter of the Year, Fight of the Year, Knockout of the Year, Submission of the Year. Um, I've that's just you know, kind of one of the things I right anymore these days is uh, that year-end list. So I have a large... I have a catalog of nominees. I'll put something together. Be on the lookout for that, and feel free to yell at me if you disagree. Uh, Worst fight of the year frequently draws some ire. Uh, Last year, when I said CM Punk versus Mike Jackson was the worst fight of the year, some people got annoyed with me. Uh, Fair enough. You're allowed to be annoyed with me. I stand by that. I stand by that, though. I stand by that ranking. That was a dismal, dismal fight. Uh, it was so bad, it should not have been. Like, yeah, it was just so bad. Anyway, so be on the lookout for that. 
this Monday, because Tuesday is Christmas Eve, on a special edition of Damn You Hollywood. There's about six of us, I think, that are going to get together. Uh, myself, Mark Radlich, Alexis Haina, the recently returned to availability Benjamin Cologne. Uh, I think, I can't remember if it was Ronnie Adams or uh, David Wright, one of those two. Possibly both. And I think one of the Chris's. I say one of the Chris's. There's several that are attached to the Rattles and Broadcasting Network. Uh, might be Chris Bailey. Might be Chris Sheehan. I don't know. One of them. And we'll be doing kind of a roundtable discussion slash review of Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. I already told you what I thought of it in broad terms. Uh, yeah, no. That's a great big nope from me. <laughs> so much nope. But we'll... Some, I know already know that some of them liked it. And I'm always curious about the opposing viewpoint. I'm just, I am just curious about what they liked about it. So, tune in for that. We'll have a discussion about it. Uh, we'll kind of forego some of the usual format for Damn You Hollywood, just because there's so many of us. So there probably won't be a big discussion about the money, apart from Star Wars made a lot. Flopped in China, though. Cats bombed hard. That thing cratered. Cratered on impact. And critics are bad at their job. That's kind of the, lo the long and the short of that. Um, we will be back here in a few weeks, actually. Uh, we'll be previewing UFC 246 when we come back. Which is January... That event is January 18th, so we will be back on the uh, 12th of January to preview that event and talk about any news that uh, came out over those few over those few weeks. I might do some kind of, you know, deep dive or skill study thing that in the interim just as kind of a keeping myself busy, keeping something coming out for you guys over the dearth of UFC content. But until next time, I will see you all next year in all likelihood. Uh, until then, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, whatever you happen to celebrate. Stay safe out there, and please continue to be well, be safe, and behave.